Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Shape the Culture podcast. I'm so happy to be delivering another message to you guys as, as we continue our series going. If you're a first-time listener, I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you hear something that you like. Uh, make sure you also check us out on shapetheculture.org, where you can also read the devotional that goes along with this message. Um, if you find something you like, make sure you share with a friend, subscribe on the website, um, if you're continuing to listen to us and if you've been tuned in to our series as I've been delivering these messages, these sermons, I want to thank you again for tuning in. Make sure you continue to share with your friends. Let people know if you find something that you like, pass it on. Um, each one, teach one. That's our, That's one of our models here at Ship the Culture. So make sure that you guys do that. It's always love. We're going to get right back into our series, Strategic Faith, and I'm really excited about this message. This week, we're back at it looking at our faith and our strategy. Uh, For the first episode, um, I know we looked at faith being in action when we talked about builders build. um, And then we took a step to look at manifesting a clear vision. And we got into it with Nehemiah and how creative he was and the clarity he was able to receive. Um, And then last week, we talked about how our faith requires us to spend time planning and scheming with God that sometimes you know, the best strategy is having no strategy and being able to just sit and scheme and plan and plot. Um, the Spirit of God really keeps us in line and pushes and pulls us to make moves when necessary. Um, and so as we continue to look, explore faith as an action, I think it's important for us to discuss an area of our lives that I really believe influences, influences us the most when it comes to the moves we make. This week, I want us to take a look at what we consider a friend to be and who we consider our friends. This is important to me because Jesus had friends. Like, think about that. Like, yes, Jesus had friends. I really like thinking about this because it keeps the idea of Jesus as a man the focus of my thoughts about how he really walked and talked. And Jesus had friends, and then he also had followers. Jesus also had enemies, and he had fake friends. And to me, this means that Jesus understood the importance of friendship. Part of Jesus's suffering that he that he had to learn was learning how to discern real friends from fake friends. He had to learn how to handle betrayal, doubt, and his so-called friends turning their back on him. Jesus also had to learn learn how to choose his purpose and the promise over his life over his friends. He he had to really learn how to give up his friends and, and step aside when his friends weren't holding him down or backing him up. Um, so this week we're going to continue to look into strategic faith. And we're going to look at having friends for life. That's that's the title of this message, Friends for Life. Now, when I say friends for life, I don't just mean friends who stick by you forever. I'm really talking about friends that help you through life, that give you life, that feed you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. These are the friends we must surround ourselves with. Um, I really learned an important lesson the other day about the word brother in the Bible. Um, and I think this was important because Jesus called his friends brother. Um, and when you when you do some research and some studying, you find that the word brother in Hebrew literally translates to strong wall. Um, and so this means like to me that Jesus understood that his friends were meant to be a strong wall, a fence around him. They were meant to look out for him and protect him. And your friends really have to protect your life. That doesn't always mean physical protection. We, we know like we love to say, I'll take a bullet for you, but protection can come in various forms. Sometimes the most important protection that we're going to need is spiritual protection. Our purpose has to be guarded. Our anointing needs to be covered. We need people that understand and believe us when we speak about the promise over our lives. 
Um, and we want to have friends that understand the importance of their own lives and uphold themselves with the same faith. So this week, uh, we're going to stay in the book of John, um, and we're going to go back to chapter 6. We're going to dive into the verses 53 through 66, and they read like this. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before? The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, They are full of the spirit and life, yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So let's break down what Jesus was trying to tell his enemies and his friends. See, when Jesus was giving this speech, he was talking to a large crowd. He was, he was speaking to numerous people. There were people there to see him perform miracles. They were his so-called friends who were really just following him. And they were his enemies, the people who didn't believe in Jesus or the calling on his life. Jesus was breaking down to them his role as the son of God, the chosen Messiah. But Back in the times of Jesus, as he was speaking in parables, they really they weren't able to understand what he was saying. They couldn't wrap their heads around this so-called regular guy talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. What Jesus was saying was going over their head. So I want to break this down for us because Jesus wasn't talking talking to be taken literal. Remember, Jesus was speaking in parables and metaphors. What Jesus was talking about was believing in him being able to digest what he was saying and believing in his lessons as the truth. Jesus was teaching to believe in Jesus is to eat his flesh and to drink of his blood. Jesus was really speaking on the principles of commitment and loyalty um, and faith. So all the people around him, Jesus was breaking down what we can consider true friendship. We love to talk about being a ride or die and staying down with the same people forever But do we really believe in the people that we surround ourselves with? Because you would think that Jesus's disciples, the people that were around him all the time, the people walking from town to town with him, would be able to understand everything he was saying, but they couldn't get it. These are the people spending alone time with Jesus. Like I said, being in the different towns with him, watching him perform the miracles, getting the background scoop, the the real Jesus. They were learning things that other people weren't getting exposed to. But we read that they called Jesus what Jesus was teaching a hard teaching. They, they couldn't grasp it. 
And so even though these are the people Jesus considered his friends and they didn't understand Jesus either, we also noticed that Jesus didn't try to convince them or break down his purpose to them. He didn't dumb himself down for others. He could have pulled them to the side and was like, all right, guys, I know this is hard for you. So let me break this down for y'all and, and try to give it to them in simpler terms. But Jesus stuck to what he said. And this is my first point that you have to stick to your purpose over your friendships because your purpose is, is, is solely for you. It's created and designed just for you. The calling over your life is for you and nobody else. You before you want others to really believe in you, you have to believe in yourself and you've got to stand firm in your purpose. That's what's going to give you your power. Because when you stick to your purpose, you're walking in line with the spirit of God inside of you. God provides. And if we really believe in this, then we know that that applies to your friend group too, the people that you are surrounded with. God already knows who is supposed to be on your side. And God knows who is going to turn their back on you. This is why Jesus could say things confidently like, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. He understood that the people who are going to be his friends for life were predestined. Jesus knew who was only around for a while and those chosen to endure with him. Jesus walked and talked with the authority of God. He chose authority over acceptance. That, that's my second point. Choosing authority over acceptance is a hard choice to make because it's like, yeah, we, we see that Jesus lost people because he chose to speak and, and talk and walk with authority. He chose to be in tune with God instead of having people accept him. He said what God wanted him to say. He did what God wanted him to do. He went where God called him to go. And it's like, do we want to be the people that give up our purpose just so people accept us? Do we want to choose followers over friends? Remember, when God is on your side, nothing or nobody can be against you. Your opposition cannot overcome you. The authority of God is the strongest force in the world. It's easy to choose acceptance. It really is. It's easy to choose to dumb ourselves down and do what the world pushes us to do and, and go against the grain of, the, of where the Spirit of God is pushing and pulling us. But that's the route to a fake life, a life that, that isn't fulfilled and backed by the authority of God. God's acceptance is what matters the most. You want to stick to what God calls you to do. You want to stick to what your spirit speaks to you. You want to choose the real over the fake. That's the last point to having friends for life. And so I want to jump down to the book of John. We're still going to stay in chapter six, but now I want to read to you verses 67 through 69. And they read like this. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. <laughs> I, I really love these verses because Jesus asked them outright if they wanted to leave. And let's let me let's talk about who he was speaking to. He was speaking to the 12 disciples. The, he was speaking to those who would go on to spread his teachings and be remembered forever in the Bible and throughout history. Jesus was speaking to those who would be considered his friends for life. These 12 were hearing the same hard teaching that everybody else was hearing. 
But when when they chose to leave, when the followers decided to show themselves or who they really were and decided to reveal that they weren't really friends, the 12 chose to stay. See, Jesus knew who was for him. Jesus knew these 12 would hold him down and remain by his side forever. But he still gave them the choice to leave because your friends for life will make the hard choice for you. They will understand that you have a calling on your life because they will believe they have a calling on your life and their life too. Friends for life help you get to your purpose. They're with you to help you grow. It's not about them always understanding, but they choose faith. Faith is believing in what we can't see. And we have to be strategic and see who believes in our faith and has a faith of their own. And sometimes we might not be able to see the magnitude of our friendships. We might not be able to see why certain people are in our lives. But if these people are the ones giving you life and helping you to win and to constantly grow and sticking by your side, even when they don't fully understand, you want to consider these your friends for life. And see, the the best part about having friends for life is that when you surround yourself with people that do feed you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, everybody is going to win. Like like I said, think about Jesus and and his true friends. These were the people who went on to plant the early churches and go on to shaping the culture. These are the very people recorded in the Bible along with Jesus. These are the people who went down in history with Jesus. And they might not have understood at the time what they were doing and everything Jesus was saying, but they believed. This is what made them Jesus's friends for life. These were his brothers, the ones that had a strong wall built around him who were protecting him and helping him along the way. And we want to surround ourselves with others that do the same for us. Thank you once again for reaching this point in a Shape the Culture sermon. Thank you for checking out our message. If you are hearing this part, you've made it to the end. You've made it to the conclusion of our message. And I I just really want to say thank you. Um, Thank you for tuning in and learning about friends and friendship and how we took a creative look at at the scriptures of how Jesus was able to navigate his relationships. Um, I want to encourage you once again to share this message with somebody that you think would enjoy it. Share it with somebody that you think needs to hear it. Um, you remember, we do we follow the model of each one teach one. Uh, make sure you subscribe at shapetheculture.org. And please provide me with some feedback, um, positive, negative, constructive criticism. I, I need to receive it all. You can leave me a rating. You can leave me a comment. You can check me out on Instagram at shapetheculture.org. Once again, I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for tuning in. Talk to you next week.